Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. Great to have your company for the call. Ten stocks picked by you. Uh, we do it all in one hour. I put those stocks to our expert panel. Let's get straight into a lot to get through today. Mark Morland from Team Invest. Mark, how are you, sir? Excellent. Good excellent. You. Good to be here. Francesco Distratus from uh, Odd Minute. Francesco, good David, to see you as well. David, good to see you, Mel. Yeah. Uh, uh, interesting. Odd Minute, isn't it? Odd Minute. Odd Minute. Odd Minute. It's Odd Minute, isn't it? Odd Minute. Is it? Yeah. 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 No, well, I'm yeah. corrected. Even, oh, yeah. even way back <laughs> when I was covering Odd the Stock minute. Exchange, when they still had Chalkies, it was Odd Minute back Odd then. Odd Minute's really? been around quite okay. a while. How about yeah. that? Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, let's have a, a look at the stocks we're going through the first half hour. As I say, a bit to get through. Some really good stocks there. Johnsling, uh, Flight Centre, Star Entertainment. Ooh, gee, how's that going at the moment? Uh, Lottery Corp <laughs> and New Hope. So a really diverse bunch there. Um, stock of the day, bit around today. Of course, Collins Food gave an update today. Good result. Um, share price up 7% just before I came in on the back of it. Uh, but thought we'd take a look at points bet. Uh, the gambling giant are on track for revenue growth of between 10 and 20% for financial year 24. And group earnings are to be at or close to break even <gasps> post the close of the Fanatics transaction in March. Uh, it follows a strong performance over the spring racing carnival, key trading period. Uh, Chief Executive Sam Swinell uh, tells investors in a speech at Tuesday's AGM uh, group net win for the quarter from October 1 to November 25 was $48.2 million, up 26% for all those people who are gamblers. This is the real winner uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of gambling is the bookie. Uh, the Australian uh, trading arm contributed 42.2 million, a 20% increase, while Canada's 6 million contribution was a 107% rise on the corresponding period. Uh, the chief executive also calls the sale of its US branch to Fanatics, another exciting venture. Um, now, we had a whole bunch of these stocks listed on the market uh, at a similar time, about two or three years ago, didn't we, Francesco? All say uh, they're floating to take advantage of deregulation of the American gaming market. Um, investors in those floats haven't fared so well. No. Is this trading update an indication of a turnaround at points? Yeah. Look, I find it a bit confusing because this company, I remember they listed back in 2019. If, if I remember correctly, you know, part of the capital raising was about you know raising capital for marketing into the US. Yeah. And they um, did a deal with NBC too, didn't yes. they? Yes. Um, yep. and, and that was the core growth. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're selling it. Now, I'm not sure whether they sold it, and I wasn't looking at it at the time, whether they sold it because... Um, they just had to get out and they couldn't afford to do it. Um, 
things I've been reading is that, you know, the costs are very high, particularly in a highly yep. competitive environment like that, you know, marketing costs, you know, your, your, your per gambler acquisition is quite high. I mean, it's reasonably high in Australia, but I think it'd be much higher in the US. Um, so I think that was the part of the reason they get out. It wasn't working for them. Yeah. Um, and now the share price has come back a long way. Um, our, our got 16.20 yes. at the peak, yeah. 76 cents now. Yeah, I think you, you, know, you could probably take about $10 of that as euphoria. Um, yep. You know, there's no reality to it <laughs> such. Yep. Um, but now where it's trading at the moment, was it 75 cents I last yep. looked at today? Our guys have got a valuation of about 95. So, so you look at it, it's trading about 20% mm, below okay. where they think the value is. Um, they had their AGM today. The update was quite positive. They're meeting their targets. Um, so based on that, um, look, our guys got a buy on it, but I'd be more speculative and say it's a speculative buy rather than just a buy. Right. I think there's still a great deal of risk in these businesses. I mean, if you're looking at what they do is they just do Australia and Canada now. Um, you, you, your competition in Australia is, you know, Blue Bet, Betmakers, yeah. uh, Tabcor as well. Um, and there's probably a few others there floating in. You've probably got an SP bookie still sitting on the end of the bar somewhere in, in, in certain yeah. pubs in, in country New Zealand. So, so I think competition's quite high still. Um, so it is risky. Um, but it, yeah, that's gambling, isn't yeah. it? You know, you're you're yep. at the risky end of the, okay. uh, and they work out the odds. So I think it's it's a speculative buy. Uh, because the story, Mark, at the time was um, America is going to be a gold mine. Uh, the problem is uh, lots of other people had exactly the same idea. <laughs> yeah, well, and we have a long history of Australian companies going into the US, you know, assuming they're going to make a fortune because it's so yep. big and all the rest of it. Who yep. then come home with their tails between their legs without any money is yep. very, very common. Yep. So uh, this is a company that's losing $36 million a year at the moment. So it's been losing money since it listed. And we've got five years of history. I agree with Francesco. The, you have to assume the US has been a disaster. Yep. You know, because otherwise they would be crying about how much money they sold it for and they're not. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. so, look... I, would, I don't see why you'd be interested. The uh, shares outstanding, by the way, have gone from 120 million up to 305 million over the uh, four years as well. So they've been issuing shares to help fund right. the losses. The return on equity is negative 70%. So they're wiping out a hell of a lot of cash every year, which means they're going to keep coming back to shareholders and got to keep the story going. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that wiping out cash a lot of that was US stuff, so I yep. think that'll reduce a fair sure. bit because sure. yeah. of the focus. But it couldn't you couldn't consider it as anything else other than speculative. Yeah. Because they're yet you know, now they've changed the business model. US is the big hope, that's gone. Now it's Canada and Australia and we're still not making money, but we're gonna try and break even next year or I mean it's like yawn. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to the first stock uh, that you want us to take a look at. Uh, and first up, Craig wants a view, Mark, on John's Ling Group. Now, your uh, compatriot, <coughs> uh, Howard Colburn, sort of loves John Ling and has first-hand uh, experience with them because John's Ling is a property developer or a property company, construction company, but they mainly do work for insurance companies, uh, yeah. don't they? That's right. So they, um, yeah, the Amy commercials where they say how wonderful it all is. That's yep. James Ling. You know, yep. if your if your uh, house, yeah, tree falls on the roof 
or there's floods or whatever, they go in and fix it all up and so on. So right. they've got yeah. they've got a very strong re- reputation. We we've had a good look at this company and we've um, uh, met management, and it's um, we like it. It passes it's all our filters. Interesting, is that Mel, Victorian based, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. but they're also quite big in the US. So they own, they've oh. got and they've got a, what they've done is they've bought into a lot of builders where the builder still runs it and still owns. Well, they buy it like a partnership. Right. So they got heaps of them, which is actually quite clever because then they're running their own businesses and only buying the ones that knew what they were doing already. Right. And then they pull that and then market it to the insurance companies and so on. So right. it's a very good business. It's got um, good, very good stability, 90% plus on sales and 86 on earnings, which is fantastic because this is a, a business you could, uh, you could think might be lumpy, but it's not. Yep. It's not cyclical, it would appear, because insurance... Things happen all the time. Yep. So if it's not one thing, something else is happening, happening yeah. with uh, mainly around real estate. Uh, we're showing a returning about 13% a year on a margin of safety at the moment and higher on our default settings. And it's in the green of its PE, which is still 33 times earnings. So it's not low, but it's low for them. Right. It's in their bottom quarter, which is a good thing. And their EPS growth rate average over the last six years has been 26% a year, hmm. which I would argue if they can maintain that and they've had very good stability, um, it's a good buy. Okay. Um, uh, Francesco, uh, some pair, analyst pair James Ling with an insurance company uh, investment as well. Because yeah. the, the theory is if insurance company gets hit with natural disasters, John's Ling is a beneficiary because they're the one it, that goes it, it, it is. And, and there is some <laughs> the to that. But, yeah. but the, there's also the strata maintenance management yeah. and start, oh, the yeah. strata maintenance as well. So yeah. so there's a bit more to it. They're not just waiting on disasters to, to yeah, make some true. money. They're not you know, ambulance chasers, if you like. So so there is a bit of that, but yeah. but there's a bit yeah. bit broader to it, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, as Mark mentioned, you know, it's on a pretty high PE, but my looking at this, and we don't cover the stock, but my looking at it is the, the, the earnings growth is actually supports that level of mm. high PE. You're not getting a great deal of, of dividend yield out, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a mid, I would call it a mid cap stock. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, it's, I, I'm quite positive. I have a couple of clients that own the stock. Right. Um, and despite not having coverage, we're, we're happy to hold it, if not um, add to it. Right. Um, did they do a capital raising recently? I think they did. Right. Um, and and it, sort of, when they purchased some US uh, business, I think. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, and it's trading above that 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 cap raising it's as well. Sign. So it's a good sign. You know, the market likes the 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 the, um, the acquisition, and, and it seems to have been accretive to it. So, so like the stock, um, yeah. we don't have a formal recommendation on it, but yeah, look, I'd add to it. Happy to add to yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Double buy. All right. Double buy. Absolutely. Um, in fact, yesterday on the call, um, Acro. Was a double buy as well, and Ooh, a, you know the scaffolding, scaffolding and oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. as well. Uh, mm. Similar sort of thing, uh, mid cap stocks that sort of fly under the radar in that building yeah. construction yeah. sort of area. The, the only thing I'd say is I'd like to, I, and I haven't had that close to look at it, just to see what the margins are, because a lot of construction companies have got fairly thin margin. Yeah. Um, and that sort of adds a little bit of risk element to yeah. it. You know, if there's something goes wrong. I think it's wrong, 2%, I reckon. It's low. Yeah. 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 So, so that adds to the risk a bit. That's all. Mind yep. you, yep. The, co- the competition would be lessening over the last year with the number of builders <laughs> well, yeah. going out of bits. Yeah, too, definitely. Okay, so it's so, no, sorry, problem is it's 3.7. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, our second stock, uh, Francesco, Flight Centre Travel. Peter wants a view on that. Us uh, um, after the, the most recent results, what you think of it? Of course, the, um, the big travel agency got 
pain during uh, pandemics, of course, re-engineered the business, sold off a lot of sites. Uh, it's a different flight centre now than pre-pandemic. It certainly is. And, and you know, during the pandemic, you know, it was it, it, everything was a bit confusing in, in the travel yeah. sector. Um, a difficult one to sort of, you know, follow. Um, they recently had their AGM. I think it might have been yesterday or this week or last week, uh, late last week. I'm not too sure. Um, they, they've provided guidance around... Um, yeah, profit before tax of 270 to 310. Our analyst has got 308, so it's you know we're at the top end of that. Um, yeah, the market responded quite negatively to the to the AGM um, um, commentary, um, but we 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 think they're sort of looking at it a little bit too short term. Um, you know, we, we expect the EPS to to grow significantly into 24 and again into 25. Um, so currently, it's on about 47 and a half times earnings for 20. But that's because you still got a little fair bit of layover from 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 the pandemic, as well as the share price going up. But you know, looking forward two years, we've got a, a PE of about ten times earnings on it. Um, so you know, the 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 three key points our analysts have sort of come up with uh, from the AGM that you know both the leisure and corporate divisions um, experiencing strong growth in total transaction value, up twenty percent on previous corresponding period. So so you know they're still coming out of COVID and that that level of growth is is quite significant. Um, The airline commissions and overrides um, margins increased by 160 basis points to 11.2% and they reiterated their their underlying profit before tax. Um, So so I think, yeah, the market probably we're we're hoping for a bit more uh, and that's why it got sold off a bit, but it's, you know, I don't think it got sold off too much and probably a, a bit of a buying opportunity. Our guys got to buy on it. I don't disagree. Okay. Uh, it's not a stock I would hold for long term, but I think you know there's still opportunities post COVID in the travel sector for companies that have good sound you yeah. know balance sheets and good sound businesses. Um, our guys valuing it at around twenty six to twenty seven dollars. So where it's trading at the moment is a well, pretty good discount well, yeah. to where they think it should be trading at. Jeez. Okay. Um, Mark, you're a big fan of the founder. Uh, yeah, screw. Yep, screw Turner. <laughs> yep, yep. Who's who is stuck with it? It's founder-led business, of course. Yep. And I suppose if everyone's whinging about the high cost of airfares at the moment, Flight Centre is one of those companies that would benefit from it because uh, they get a percentage commission, yeah, isn't it? They're, yeah, they're, they're less ticket uh, clippers than you think oh, because okay. a lot of it is negotiated uh, buying and stuff. And they used to do but, that with the holidays. They'd go to Bali and say, right. book up book up the hotels and go to the airlines and say, okay, who wants to carry our 5,000 people we're going to have and then negotiate a rate ah, right. and then sell them. And they had a trouble with ASIC, uh, HCC rather, over that because that, people thought that was unfair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hello. Uh, right. We're trying to, trying to come up with a good business model is unfair. But anyway, yeah. um, so they're not just a ticket clipper. It's right. in part, but okay. the airline have been, you know, Qantas particularly, you know, try and squeeze them whenever they can. But eventually, we're still we're still opening up. It's not back to uh, normal yet. So the thing with Flight Centre is they lost about 1.6 billion through uh, COVID. So they and a lot of that was restructuring, closing uh, half of their retail network and so on. Yeah. And they also took on some debt. They made a couple of acquisitions. So the business is, a li- I would argue, 
probably way more efficient now than what it went into COVID as, and it's also has a more, a much more capacity, I think, to right. make more money going forward. And we're not there yet because if you look at if you look at their earnings, only last year they were forty six million. Uh, going into COVID, it was two eighty three. Right. And now the business is bigger. Yeah. So if you go forward, I think you can't look at it on short term. I agree with Francesca, but I would say you'd want to look at it on a five year right. um, horizon. Personally, I, I think uh, corporate travel is way better. Right. Uh, and for it doesn't have the debt yeah. uh, overhang. It's also got a higher growth rate. It only lost about 150 million during COVID. Now they didn't have the retail yeah. network, but but I think their recovery post COVID was much stronger yeah, and quicker yeah, because of their their um, flying flight. Yeah, so they're on a higher they're on yeah. a higher PE than flight yeah. setter, but I still think it's a better business. Yeah. And, they, and they're twice the size of what they were were, and they didn't issue, they issued a few shares, but not a lot. Whereas flight center doubled the shares yeah. outstanding. So that right. means you've got to get double the earnings to get the same dollar, right. uh, return per share to right. pre COVID. I'm not yeah. saying they won't do it. Mm. I think it's still a good business. Yeah. Um, but I would, yeah. So you would not go into Flight Center, no. but you'd go into corporate trade. I already am. So I'm just right. buy a shareholder. Okay. I bought it early, late in COVID. It was right. a good move. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, next one, talking about uh, stocks that uh, dropped and issued shares. Uh, Star Entertainment, uh, Lisa and John, uh, both one of you on this. John says, I'm an owner with an average cost price of 62 cents. A lot of long-term holders seem understandably negative, but some thoughts on where we are now and going forward would be great. Uh, Francesco, what's the odds? odds view yeah, on, well, on the, the odds view is, is, is the, the odds recommendation is a buy. Um, I'm probably a bit softer on that because of the risk in, in the business yeah. and it's been through. But look, you know, if I bought it at 62 oh, God, cents... that is a horrible... Yeah, uh, the cap raising was... Yeah. <laughs> I, think the, I think the cap raising was 65 recently. Yes. But, but, um, uh, but if, before, the earlier... Recently, it was 65. <laughs> Earlier in the year, it was $1.20. Yes. If you go back to January, February, yes. that was when they yeah. raised back then, didn't yeah. they? And, and look, you know, well, I, I, yeah, if I bought it 62, I'd probably just hold it. I wouldn't, you know, maybe, I'm, you know, you've been through probably a little bit of pain and, you know, I, I think there's a bit more upside at these levels than, than you know, it's not going back to, you know, what are those prices there, 480 or whatever, but um, I could probably see, it, you know, maybe 70 or 80 cents on it. Right. Um, but there's, again, a little fair bit of risk involved in it. Um, look, you know, if I, if I look at the positives um, around the casinos, you know, you, the, the licensed for Brisbane and Gold Coast are basically monopolies. Um, and I think the exclusivity arrangement in Brisbane goes for quite some time. Um, they're not, um, they don't have the competition in Sydney just yet because Crown is not, doesn't have a gaming floor just yet, but I don't know how long that'll be, but it couldn't be too far away, I would imagine. Um, but that's at the, the high end. That's where they're, I suppose, where they make the, the most gains is, is with the, the junket gamblers. Yeah. Um, but that's where the big losses come to. If someone has, you know, some of those junkets gamblers have big wins. So there's, there's risks there. Um, it, you know, the Sydney Casino is still well positioned for overseas gamblers as well. Um, the only thing, you know, you've also got to have in the back of your mind the regulatory environment as well. You know, governments are always trying to protect, yeah. you know, problem gambling, so they make it more difficult. Um, and trade off the fact that they make lots of tax. 
They do. And it's a big employer. <laughs> yes. And, and, and they want to be seen to be doing the right thing, but they don't want to do the right thing because of the revenue yeah, side yeah. of it. So, yeah. um, look, in, in, in reality, this could be a real turnaround story if they can get their, their businesses lined up. But, um, again, there's a fair bit of risk on it. Um, you know, would I be buying something that's trading on about a sort of 18 times earnings with that sort of risk? Probably not. Okay. All right. No for you, Mark. Uh, no, no for me as well. It sort of reminds you of Buffett's approach. He, he says, this is, this is a turnaround story. Mm. So what you've got here is this long-term decline. It used mm. to make, you know, just looking back in 2019, $10, uh, net, 10, 10% uh, net profit margin. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, it's, it's uh, a story of woes, as you can yeah. see. So look, it's, it might, as Francesco said, it might go back to 80 cents, I don't know. But it, as an investment though, uh, Buffer says, you know, he doesn't look at turnaround stories because they very rarely turn. Right. And he's got better things to do with his time. Yeah. You yeah. would you would have to think, though, yeah. have to think it's uh, private equity would come and... Well, that's the other thing, yeah. Ta- ...take it out just purely for its property assets. Yeah. Nothing yeah, I else. Know. Yeah, I've never looked at it deeply. Trouble, like trouble that. with that is, though, the, the licensing on the casinos is, oh, is right. difficult. You know, who's, who's, who's involved in the private equity? You know, what's right. their backgrounds okay. and all that? You know, yeah. get a casino license. Yeah. Look what happened to, to James Packer. I mean, yeah. Yeah. really, he had to yeah. divest. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's too hard. It's a horrible industry. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I wouldn't right. invest in and it a, anyway. And, yeah. a, and a, I should point out, look, we've done points bet today. We've got Star. We're about to do Where are we doing next? Lot, lot, lottery <laughs> Corporation. Um, everyone has their own ESG filter. And sort of this show is all about looking at the investment potential of um, and yeah. views on particular stocks. Then you overlay your own ESG filter on it because yeah. everyone has a different one. We've got a coal stock coming up yeah, after that as well. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's, you know, people have different ESG yeah. filters on that as well. So we leave that up to you. Just uh, put that as a proviso. Um, all right. Uh, next stock, as I said, more I, uh, Mark wants a view on Lottery Corporation, of course, so Lottery Corp and Tab Corp was spun out. Lottery Corporation yes. is your is your lottos and your Powerballs and things like that. Yeah, I tell you what. what okay, Lottery's. Um, uh, it's just having a look at it. Uh, the sales are up a, a tad, and earnings are down a tad. Right, was my comment. It doesn't pass our filters mainly for. Uh, debt. They've got a very high uh, level of debt, although the debt to equity is high, but they probably don't have a lot of equity. So, mm. um, if if you if you're looking looking at that, I'm just trying to look why it doesn't pass. It's got a high return on equity. Growth rate average over six years is negative six point eight. Right. So that's EPS growth. Where sales have been growing at six point seven. That's interesting. Right. <laughs> but it's only one year. Yeah. Because yeah, only been listed for years. So way too soon for us to have any data that's meaningful. Right. Uh, so I'd, I'd be a pass. Okay. All right. Um, Francesco? Yeah, look, this, it, it spun out of Tabcor. So, yeah. the, you know, Tabcor um, had all <clears> these op, you know, operating licenses for lotteries and, and Kino and all that sort of stuff in it. And look, there's a lot of barriers to entry, hence why it trades on such pretty high multiples. You know, it's in sort of, I see it as around 28, 25 for next year. So, it's pretty high multiples. Um, but because of those barriers to entry and long dated licenses, um, the only state they don't cover, I think, is WA. Um, so there's a, a fair degree of earning certainty in in the business that we see. Um, yeah, we're, we're, look, it's one of those stocks where you go, well, there's not a huge amount of growth in it, but yeah. it's. 
pretty secure as far as, you know, we well, know Australians are... Well, everyone stocks like this are recession-proof, aren't they? The well, sort of they probably that, actually get a bit of upside in, yeah, in recession because people... The goes down, everyone yeah. buys something to get out of yeah. their problems. I've seen studies where Australian gamblers actually tend to... Uh, and, and, and I'm not talking about your high-end gamblers, I'm talking about your mum and dad punters. They tend to have a bit of a flurry on the lotto or the, the, or yeah. the keto or the, whatever... Um, a little bit more during recession because they see that there's a bit of opportunity there and they don't have to outlay a great bit deal of, of cash. Yeah, mm. um, and and yeah, whether you again lay your ASG filter or whatever that, you know, it's up to you. But um, um, look, I, I think it's a reasonably you know boring stock to be honest with you. Um, right. I don't see a great deal of growth in it. But you know, if you're looking for something that's just going to deliver, I think it's about three to four percent dividend yield, fully franked. And which which is about inflation. Yeah, which is yeah. about inflation. Yeah. So, <laughs> so really, you know, are you chasing that? Not really. No. Right. Uh, in fact the P is too high for that. Yeah. Right. That's the problem. If you've got low growth, then you've got to pay yes basic That's true, but, but that, that's where yeah. the, the earning certainty comes into bringing the PE up higher. Yeah. But then again, as you say, you know, you, you know where's the growth coming from? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty, pretty saturated market, the old Because there's yeah. um, a regulator-assessed uh, algorithm which um, sets the winning margin. Yeah, so and how much they can earn. So they're how much negotiate. they can earn, they to go. And, and the government changed it last year to give them more of an ability to get the big Powerball payouts to build up to that because that's where they make the most money and do the oh, most yeah. sales. So like jackpotting. So jackpotting, yeah. yeah, yeah, jackpotting, and the government makes the most tax out tax of that. Tax out of that, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if, if you've got a pool of $10 million and you know, yeah. you'll get your normal Hunters, but then when it goes to 100 million, I'll do 80, it. I think yeah. once on Powerball, and they reckon the number of people that were buying Powerball tickets that week was like enormous. Yeah, yeah. Moral of the story is don't try to get rich buying lottery tickets. No, no, no it ain't no. gonna work. And don't <laughs> no. invest in the lotteries it's either. It's generally one in, one in, what is it, one in, one in 100 million or something. All right, uh, our next talk, our fifth one um, is a coal stock, uh, New Hope. And uh, Michael, what's a view on New Hope, Francesco? Yeah, <coughs> look, thermal coal producer, coal. so energy... Now, the di- difference between thermal and metallurgical is thermal coal goes into power stations, metallurgical coal goes into steel mills, does So yeah. that's so, the difference between... So the, the metallurgical ones. one generates far greater heat, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so we're down at about $128 a tonne for thermal coal. Yeah. Uh, if we go back maybe a year ago, it was about $400 a tonne. Uh, mm. That was during the start of the, the Russia-Ukraine conflict and everyone thought that um, you know, there would be no more coal out of coming out of Russia. But um, uh, I think there was a bit of euphoria in that trade. It was a good trade for coal mining companies like New Hope and Whitehaven and so forth. Um, look, I, I still think it's okay. If you own the stock, I'd hold. And that, right. That's pretty much where we're at at the moment. Um, it, is, it, is, it is a low-cost <coughs> producer. Um, as far as supply side, you know, it's difficult for new mines to get approvals, not just here in Australia, but and around financing. the world, and financing and so forth. So, so existing mines do have a bit of an advantage there. Demand from from Asia is, seems to remain very strong. Um, so, um, look, if you and, and and the yield on this thing is is nine and a half percent this year, um, drops back a bit next year and the year after. But um, you know, it's getting a good yield. Um, the the PE jumps around a bit because their earnings jump around a bit depending mm. on where the the forecasts coal um, thermal coal prices. But um, 
Oh, look, I don't think I see it much below where it is now um, because supply side yeah. and demand side, I think. And is... getting a 9% dividend yield. Yeah, so compare that yeah. to the lotteries one. Yes. Yeah. This, is on, this yeah. is on a four and a half period, yeah. wow. not 18. No. So the, the relationship is like yeah. much, much, much lower risk yeah. in this. And, and the, demand, the demand for coal, you know, whilst people think that it's declining, it's not no, declining, no, it's, going it's going up. So yeah. Germany, after the nuclear reactor in Japan, Fukushima had, a, had an issue, um, they've shut down all their nuclear power over in Germany and now they're going... They're restarting them now. They're restarting the coal-fired <laughs> power stations. And, so, the, and the nuclear. And China's still building... Yeah, and the nuclear... Oh, they're restarting yeah. those new, are they? Yep. Uh, and China's still building coal-fired power stations. Apparently so, they're doing... the commissioning a new one every three days, yeah, I read. Yeah, I, I, it yeah, seemed yeah. unbelievable to yeah. me, but... Well, in China? Yeah. Yeah. Coal. Yeah. Coal. Yeah. Yeah. Coal one. Yeah. yeah. So, so okay. the demand's not going away. Supply side... Yeah, it's hard to get new mines up and running. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, as Martin was saying, no one will finance them, let alone governments yeah, giving yeah, you... Yeah, well, equity, equity investors will finance them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a cost issue. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to have to charge you more because you're so bad. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do, what do you think of new uh, Well, I think it looks great. I mean, the stability of earnings is a bit erratic because that's, as we've said, is it's, it's, it's re- re- replicates the price of coal. The risk with all these businesses is the commodity risk. Yeah. Uh, my personal view, and that's not an informed view, is that it's unlikely that the coal prices are going to go down a lot because there's all this pressure, as we've talked about. And I've got a friend who's on the board of Glencore, and he, he t- they're, they're trying to buy as many coal um, deposits around the world as they can. Yeah. They took they bought one off BHP, and they'll buy, they'll buy it from anybody who wants to look like look good on ESG. Yeah. Because yeah. they see the future very rosy for the next decade or two, right. which is outside our investment horizon. Right. So on a five-year horizon, at four and a half PE, getting nine percent fully franked. Yes. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah. Yes. So it's like 13 percent yes. dividend. Yeah. Uh, you, you're getting. I mean, it doesn't get a lot better than that, does it? No. 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 They are just cash cows. <laughs> yep. All right. So, I say bye. But the share price is going to move with yeah. the coal price. Despite what earnings it, come out of it, yeah, it's in the lower, lower quartile of its green on the P at the yeah. moment yeah. for what its range is. The range is not that high, by the way. It goes from about four to about eight. Yeah, right. That's its range. Yeah. So but it's so, at the low end. But see, if you're getting thirteen percent, unless the next year you only get eight. That's yeah. That's a good buffer against yeah. any share price. Well, what have we got on? Yeah. For next year, we've got a. Uh, well, we're actually at 4.5% next year. But again, that's because the, okay. the, the coal price has come back. Right? Yeah. If you know, something happens and the coal price goes from 128 to 200, which. Yeah. Easy. You know, Easy could happen. Could potentially. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not saying it's going to, but it could. Okay. Um, yeah. And of course, if you, change, um, change if, you, if you want to backdoor. Um, Sort of investment into New Hope, you go into Soul Pats. Yeah, well, they're, 50, they're 50%, yeah. Aren't they? 50% of New yeah. Hope. Yeah. So yeah. that's. A yeah, we, way had Rob, of, we had Robert Milner in, I remember he was, he was beaming with the dividend he got. You know, yeah, it was yeah. massive dividend from. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's <laughs> and, and don't, another don't, one. Don't forget What Happens, another one that yeah. um, is, yeah. is in a similar sort of yeah, pattern. Absolutely. All right, let's recap the uh, first five stocks. Stock of the day, uh, points bet, speculative buy from Francesco and Ords, and no from Mark. Uh, Johnsling, <coughs> and add a buy from um, uh, from Ords and also from Mark as well. Flight Centre, uh, a buy from Francesco, a no from Mark. In that area, he provi- uh, prefers corporate travel. Uh, Star Entertainment, a no from both. Uh, likewise, Lottery Corporation, a no from both. Uh, New Hope, a hold from Francesco and a buy from Mark. 
Uh, on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund, of course, picked by the investment committee. Uh, the December committee meeting coming up next week, but in November, um, uh, they trimmed at 1% from MA Financial and put that into Challenger. And uh, the um, performance is 9% at the moment. Um, all the double buys that come in um, here on the call um, go up to the investment committee to see if they should be put in the fund, the fantasy fund. Um, now, have you ever wondered about the secret to success in stock picking? We'll join stock doctors Daniel Ortiz and Tim Lincoln as they lift the lid on the re rigorous filters and process they use to pick stocks and power returns. That's Thursday, 11 a.m., live or on demand. Um, some of those secrets have led to the Stock Doctor Star Stocks Fund yielding 17.3% uh, since inception. So don't miss this opportunity to ask some questions to learn how they do it. It's free to register. Head to osbiz.co slash stockdoctor. Uh, this half hour, we're going to have a look at Metcash. Austin Engineering, which doesn't ever come up much here on uh, the call. Uh, Chalice Mining, Suncorp and the Reject Shop. Uh, Francesco David wants a view on Metcash. The uh, grocery wholesaler and own IAG stores, don't they? And, uh, yes. Uh, and Bottolo. And yeah. Sort of a, a mini Woolies and Coles. Yeah, if you want to put it like that. And, and if you look at it, I mean, it's trading on much more realistic PE than Woolies and Coles are. Mm. I mean, yeah, Woolies and Coles, I think, are around 20 times earnings at the moment. Um, I know they're high teens for sure. Um, this one's, you know, trading on sort of, you know, 12 times, 12 and a half times for next year. Um, so that looks impressive. Um, yeah, Woolies and Coles have much larger market share, so they're going to have much more purchasing power um, and can deliver better pricing. So, you know, they may be able to attract a little bit more market share away from Metcash, particularly during this time of inflation and higher cost of living. Um, but um, look, I, I think it's more of an okay investment, uh, Metcash. Um, doesn't enthrall me, um, but then again, nor does Coles and Woolies at the moment. Um, but, you know, if you're holding this in a portfolio, you, you know, I think that's fine, but yeah. I wouldn't be going chasing it in this environment. Okay. Yeah. I must admit in this, uh, you, you talk about high inflation and cost pressures. You look at the wheat price down 30%. You look at cattle price, the uh, backside has fallen out of that. Lamb prices, the whole lot. I'm seeing much evidence of that being passed through at the... Uh, those total uh, reduction in costs being passed through by the supermarkets. One wonders whether yeah, I think in certain areas, I mean, they're improving their margins. Yeah, I don't know. I think in certain areas you're seeing some costs coming down. Like you mentioned, the, the meat. Well, I well mean, but saw not some, by as much. I, well, I, thing that I, gets my wife bought some Scotch fillet the other day, thirty dollars a kilo. How much? Thirty dollars a kilo at a butcher. Well, not, not a okay. Woolies and Coles. Yeah, well, so you don't, good you quality. Don't, you don't, you don't live in Rose Bay. No. <laughs> we pay we pay eighty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more at the Mitts Meat end, uh, of, uh, but I'll leave you. Oh, this is a Jural. Jural's not uh, you know Jural's not cost cutting out there. I can tell you. My wife loves going to Double Bay to buy her meat. It's double pay there. Double yeah, pay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you reckon of Metcalf? Uh, it's, like it? it's, it's a good mediocre company. Yeah. It's paying six percent dividend, which a is good mediocre company. Yeah. There's a backhanded compliment yeah. if ever 
ever I heard. Well, I would have said no, but then I looked at it. It's actually not bad, you know. No, but I wouldn't but get excited. It's good, like you said. Yeah, hundred percent too. And the other thing is, it passes all our filters, um, and ah. it's got. Um, we're showing it returning about eight point four on a margin of safety, and a bit over twenty on default. Now that's partly because oh, that's the pretty good. Yeah, and that's partly because the PE is in the bottom half of the bottom quartile, mm. which is at eleven point seven. It needs over fifteen. It goes into the red, and this is where it's important when you buy these uh, companies that are, you know, basically, as Francesco said, you can have it in your portfolio. It's not going to, it's not going to go out of business or anything, and it's paying a reasonably healthy dividend. They seem to be running it quite well. They've, the EPS growth rate, we've got a, a running at twenty percent at the moment, which is probably not sustainable because sales are growing at three percent. Right. So sales are growing at three percent. That means they've got some they've got some efficiencies or something's been happening there where they've they're actually doing better than you would you would say a system if yeah. you like. Yeah. Uh, to Francesco's point about Woolworths and Coles having more power, I think that's all baked in because they've, they've, they've these guys have been there for ages. Woolworths and Coles, I mean, it's all established. I I think I wouldn't worry about that personally. I think yeah. I think um, uh, that uh, their position's fine. Um, but look. It's, it's 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 okay, and it's as I said, bottom because the PE is a lot much lower than Woolworths and Coles. I would definitely buy this over those two. Right, but for okay, me, I was, I was going to ask you, yeah. would you prefer it over Woolworths and Coles? No, no, they're too expensive. Right, yeah, Woolworths and Coles, yeah, yeah and, they, yeah, yeah. and they, yeah. none of these companies have got much growth. Yeah, so if yeah. you haven't got growth, uh, yeah. then it comes down to how much. You, it's really important how much you pay for it. Right. Well, what you and you would pay for your well, like cash, but pay not bet more than uh, Woolworths. Well, I'll just throw Woolworths well, Woolies, up. Woolworths is up near thirty times at yeah. its highs. Okay. Yeah. Woolworths yeah. now is Woolworths is twenty five at the moment, and we're showing negative two percent on safety and six on default. So, right. like I would, and it fails on debt and uh, a couple of other things. So, and the stability's off as well. So, yeah. I would, I would, make cash is better than Woolworths. Sure. Okay. So a yes for Metcash for you? Oh, if, no, I'll... If you wanted to go into supermarkets... No, I'd go, well, I'd buy Metcash then. If you're okay, happy. all right. Yeah, so I'll put the... Well, I passed all your filters. But I don't want to go into Metcash. I don't want to go into Metcash. <laughs> he doesn't want to be in, in grocery stores. <laughs> At all. All right, I'll put that provider. I just eat them. A yes if you want to go into grocery yeah. stores. Okay. Uh, but you wouldn't be going no. into any of them. No. No. All right, uh, Alex uh, wants a view at uh, this time... Uh, Mark on Austin Engineering, engineering company, manufacturers, uh, truck bodies and buckets of water tanks, tire handlers, that sort of thing. A real. I tell you what, this is. The, we've had some. Business. We've had some history with this company, and it's been. Oh, it's been grim. Oh. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah, way back. I can't way remember back, looking at it. Way yeah, back yeah. in 2015, before 2015, it was looking pretty good. In 2015, oh. they took a ma- massive fandango, and we had when the last mining boom came off. The argument was that they they were selling dump truck the front the big the big scoops for the uh, for BHP and Rio and so on, right. and they wear out mm. because they're digging up all this heavy rock. Yeah, yeah. And the argument was. They'll be okay because even though uh, uh, Rio and BHP weren't doing massive uh, new developments, this is maintenance, right? That was the theory. We were wrong. What happened was they patched them to the point of being ludicrous. You know, so it'd be the whole steel patch welded on, you know, you could patch with to anything rather than buy a new one. Right. And Austin went (laughs) all the way. It was a shocker. Anyway, so we we lost interest in it many, many, many years ago. And then I look at it now, interestingly, I haven't looked at it for years, and I see return on equity 1.7. I see red everywhere. Uh, negative 12% return on our calculations and are currently on a 90 PE. 90? Uh, yeah. 90. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you go, hello, what's wrong with this story? Uh, EPS growth rate is showing 33% uh, on lately uh, with 
failing stability, 65, and then right. sales growth, negative 2.9. Now that's not encouraging because if the right. sales, and that's revenue, so if revenue is actually going down and that's 90% stable, right. um, how do you then go, all right, well, where's the argument for this 90 PE? Right. It's okay. clearly absurd. Okay, so you've come I'd from- sell, I would sell this. If I had that with those right. numbers, I'd sell it. Okay, you've come from a position of investor remorse because yeah. you've got a history with but it. But it was worse now than it was back then. <laughs> and you're sticking with it. Yeah. Francesco, okay. what about I, you? What about you as a clean skin? <laughs> yeah, clean Well, I have <laughs> no idea. I can't Just, remember looking at it. I mean, I probably have, but right. I, it's probably a long time ago. So <laughs> maybe in the mining boom days, I probably would have looked at it. And, and look, you know, it, it is, uh, relying upon mining activity. Um, to Mark's point, um, I don't think they just do new equipment. I no. think they do repairs as well. Maybe that has forced them into that area. Um, but I, I see some some capacity constraints. Labor, skilled labor, cost yeah. of labor. You know, that was that. another big problem at the time too. Yeah, well, it still yeah. would be yeah. because because it's fairly, you know, it's fairly highly skilled the you know metal workers and yep. uh, you know i don't know how many people get leave school and go and do you know i don't know welding and metalworking and things like that and they're only days. 159 mil market cap and they make 1.9 million it's a pretty yeah, small business small. now right yeah and that um, whole area of the contracting business is hard in mind yeah. to make money it's yeah. even on office used to be good we don't have a recommendation but i wouldn't even look at it to be honest right. with you so okay. no all right uh, would you look, Guy wants to know, Francesco, would you look at chalice mining? Uh, um, I, I, I recently had a client ask me to look at this and they had a close look at it and they were looking for gold exposure, but yeah, it's nickel, not really a gold. Nickel, copper, cobalt. Yeah, um, but I think it's classified under the GICS gold classification. Uh-huh. So I don't think it is a gold miner. Uh, and, and that uh, chart doesn't look like a gold miner's chart. Either. No, no, definitely not. So so the market knows more than than um, the, the than the GICS classification, I would suggest. Um, they've got a, a Greenfield Platinum Group element site. So nickel, cobalt, gold, and, and there is a bit of gold in there uh, in WA. Um, they're saying it's a world-class discovery. Well, that doesn't tell me that it is. You know, the, the share price generally tells you the truth most of the time. Um, it's close to Perth. Um, look, it, it didn't stack up. It's highly speculative. Um, I would say no to this one as well. And and the thing is, in Australia, we have some great gold miners, don't we? We do. So if you're, if yeah. you're, if you're looking to go into the resource sector, You've got a lot to choose from. And I think gold's probably not a bad place to be at the moment. And, yeah. you know, stock like Remelius um, is is showing some good value and good signs. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if, if um, what's, uh, if guys Guy, looking for yeah. a gold exposure, then I think Remelius would be definitely better. And even um, now that Newcrest's gone, you know, it's Newmont, um, still trading on the Aussie exchange, even yeah. though it's a secondary uh, market for it. I think they're fine as well. Yeah. Huh? Uh, th- you traditionally don't like resource stocks, so I do. No, but, but you can still look at their numbers and come up yeah. with an, well, yeah. what they're worth because of the uncertainty of the commodity prices. Yeah. Now, this is operating in an area which is way outside my pay grade. I wouldn't have a clue on all those things we talked about. Yeah. Um, other than they are sexy and it should be making money, but it's not. No, it's yeah. not. It's had 10 years of not making a cent. It broke even once you know, about nine years ago. Uh, and so you go, well, how long do you need 
to actually start making money. And they've, got, they've burnt through money, so the market cap's 570 million. Return on equity is negative 35% a year, which means they're chewing a lot of equity. Mm. Now, maybe that's about to turn, but it's been going down, 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 down for 10 years. Yep. yep. So to me, obviously, it's only a speculation which I'm not yeah. a speculator. And then, but even then, what you'd be saying, yeah. because they said they've got a world-class thing. <coughs> well, if Guy's adamant and he wants to invest in it, he'd be, he'd be looking at sort of how much more drilling have they got to do to prove up this You'd want resource. to understand all that. Yeah, and how much more money are they going to chew through yeah. before they get to a point where they can say, right, it's, it, you know, we can actually draw a line in the sand and say, right, it's economic and we can start you know, getting all our approvals and there's more money involved yeah. in setting up operations, so there's more money to be raised. So it'd be interesting, you know, if he went through that exercise, but yeah, oh, I think there's better things yeah. out there in the marketplace. Because uh, the thing, if it's in all portfolios, you have a speculative tiny amount yes, uh, sure. that you look at stocks like this and you've, you've got to decide whether, you know, it has more potential than another one. Um, in a in a similar, yeah. similar it's, it's like anything, you know. If, if I've got you know fifty thousand dollars here, what am you know what am I going to put it into? Well, there's yeah. a big choice, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, would I put it into that or something else? Or well, yeah. I'd say something else. And I just wonder what they're doing for ten years because they've got no revenue. Yeah. 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 Oh, it means yeah. not selling anything. Ten years. It means not doing anything. Ten yeah. years of digging holes and yeah. telling yeah. stories. Yeah. All right. Uh, and next talk is something a bit more traditional. Um, uh, Mark Phil wants a view on Suncorp, the big uh, Queensland-based <coughs> financial institution. Yeah, um, another mediocre company, more mediocre than Metcash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, for us, it fails on a few things: uh, return on equity, return on capital, debt to equity. <laughs> yeah, quite a few failures, which means right. we wouldn't even look at it. But anyway, yeah. so we are looking at it. It's on a 15 PE, which is low black, so it's about about 30 percent of its range. So we're showing a returning negative point. Four of one percent per year for the next five years yeah. on safety and five percent on a default, right. which is why I said mediocre. Anything that's less than inflation these days, I think investors need to get their head around that. We've got an inflation rate of like six yeah. percent, which means if you're not getting at least that net after tax, you're actually yeah. going backwards anyway, and yeah. you've got risk. And, and you, you can get five percent from the bank. Yeah. So these companies with low returns don't cut it unless the PE so, is so low that it gives you the return. Yeah. So you. Uh, what you're saying is you would prefer to go into a Suncorp term deposit than the actual yeah. shares. Oh, yeah, in this case. Yeah. yeah. And back in the old days with banking, that was always the calculation yeah. you did. Yeah. What do I get on cash? How much, what premium do I get to buy the shares? Yeah. And is that worth for the risk? Not, now yeah. it's the other way around. We're getting, we're getting returns lower <laughs> than yeah. what you can get on cash. Why would you do it? Yeah. 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 So, um, so um, is that the same for the sector all up, though? Because generally, un- under your filters... Yeah. None of the banks look good at the moment because they're all we've all got declining ROE and so on. I, I and with the ANZ dropping uh, mortgage rates has really screwed over Combank and the other guys, which they're all a bit narky about. Yeah. In that they're not making the extra money they expected on the increase of rates. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, were getting, they were getting margin expansion yeah. through that yeah. rising interest rate that's environment, right. which means ANZ the banks haven't passed on the increase. Well, in yeah, that's right because ANZ, ANZ yeah. is going. We'll keep the price low, and which yeah. then if they do, if they do pass it on, they just lose business. Yeah, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. So look, the banks aren't going broke, but there no. it still comes back to how much you pay for them, what your returns are. The only bank that really stands out is still Macquarie, which has been for a long time. Yeah. And at least been through a hard trot over the last couple of months. Yeah, and it's but it's it's at least least historically it generates significant returns. Yeah, it has. 
Yeah, but different type of bank too. It's, I know, it's not yeah, the same. It's not a savings yeah, and lending bank. The big four banks bank, no, are, yeah. yeah. Well, they're like yeah. big building societies. Yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, look, Suncorp, you've also got to remember that it's got the insurance arm. So yeah. so the other thing that you've got to consider with, with, with Suncorp is that ANZ tried to take over the banking division to, to merge it into their bank, uh, and then Suncorp would become purely an insurance company. Um, and I think that's... Um, the nature of the beast at the moment after the banks have gone through the Royal Commission, they've got rid of all their wealth management, all the insurance arms and things like that, and they just want to focus on when they do well, that's bank. Yeah. You know, why do we need to do all this other stuff that gets us into trouble? And and we've seen all the big four all do that, hence why ANZ try to make a play at Suncorp. Um, the ACCC rejected that recently, but it's currently under review by the Australian Competition Tribunal. Uh, we'll probably know more by mid-24 whether that'll go through or not. I tend yeah. to think it probably will. Mm. Um, then you've got to look at Suncorp as an insurance company. For now, I'm, I'm, you know, we're happy to hold Suncorp, um, but I think insurance stocks are at the top of their cycle. It, we've been through um, a period of disasters, maybe 12, 18, two years yeah. ago. Um, you know, insurance companies post uh, a large amount of claims will then increase their premiums. We've seen those premium increases flow through uh, into their books. And they're getting um, a better return on their investment better portfolio. Their investment portfolio from the higher interest rates we, we just spoke about. Uh, but we're probably seeing getting close to the top mm -hmm. of that. So where's the next movement? Well, who knows when the next disaster will happen? It will happen. We don't know when. Um, but then, if you look at the in, in the uh, the interest rates, we're probably top of the cycle, getting close to it. Right. So I'd be happy to be reducing exposure to insurance companies at this point in time. So things okay. like QBE and you know. So, so your general view is hold this, this at the moment yeah, because I think there's some value to come out if if ANZ. Um, are successful in in in, okay. in in taking it over because there'll be some creative ways that they return the capital to okay. investors. I think, yeah. but insurance sector wise, you're saying this is as good as it's going to get for now for this part of the cycle. Yeah, yeah I think. Okay, you know, so QBEs, your IAGs, those yeah. sort of things, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. have I'm, been I'm darlings the last year. <clears throat> been darlings, yeah, yeah, increased premiums. Yeah, but Buffett's made made a lot of his money out of managing the insurance floats from his insurance yeah. business. Yeah. But he's always said, don't consider investing in an insurance company unless you've got a 10, 20 year horizon and you're willing to suffer years of pain. Well, keep it. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of pain. Yeah. If, you, if that's not you, oh, if that's not you, if that's not you yeah. don't invest yeah. in the area. Oh, Franco Halloran created yeah. lots of pain for people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. Acquisition after yeah, acquisition yeah. after acquisition. Yeah. And now, he's now. some stories about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Our final stock. Uh, we'll finish on a retailer. One where. Um, you know, the common theme is if any retailer is going to do well in an economic downturn, this one should. Has it? Uh, the reject shop. Andrew wants a view on that, Francesca. Yeah, we're going to accumulate on it. No. I, don't, I don't mind it. Uh, it yeah. You know, to, to Mark's point, you know, the yield's not that great, but it, it and it's trading on 18 and a half times for this year, 17 and a half. So there's a little bit of growth there. Um, might see... Um, It'd be interesting to see the sales um, results coming out after Christmas because um, with with the higher cost of living, I think a lot of people downgrade their 
um, spending habits to to lower quality, if you like, without yep. being horrible to to the reject shop. Um, so you know, instead of you know, buying a David Jones, they might buy a Meyer or, or or for you know, you step down the chain because you're trying to get more value for what you're spending. You say David Jones to the reject <laughs> shop. <laughs> <laughs> that not been horrible, Danny. But 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 that's the nature of what yeah. happens when <clears throat> you know you've got to spend more on your mortgage, more on your electricity bills, and so on. Um, ultimately, these these types of stores do quite well. Um, yep. So it'd be interesting to see there might be some growth in their sales <clears throat> after Christmas. So that could be a little bit of a short-term opportunity um, but um, look it, it, like all the retailers you know I think it's priced pretty fairly at the moment there might be a little bit of growth in it but right. we're going to accumulate and I'm okay. happy with that um, but I wouldn't be you know going mad on it all right Mark uh, well I'm, I'm going to disagree on that I, I, I re- of retailers and there are some very good ones that have done extremely well um, and there's a couple, a few that haven't. This is one of the haven'ts. Mm. Right. So if you look at the history, and I just had a look, we actually did a significant amount of research on this in 2010. Right. And wow. at the time, the share price was $16 back in 2010. <laughs> so um, the performance over the last 10 years has been pretty woeful. Uh, even forgetting COVID, you know, they popped, they came up a little bit. They bottomed out at a negative four cents a share in 19, which is pre-COVID, really. <clears throat> And we're showing uh, 4.6 ROE, we have a minimum of 10. It's on a 24 PE, which is too high for EPS growth rate of 3.3 on sales. And uh, sales rate, sales are negative 5% with 90% stability and EPS is 3.3 with 30% stability. Right. These are poor numbers. When you look yeah. at compared to say the Nick Scarleys and JB Hi-Fi's and so on that have been growing at 15% and right. returning 20. Yeah. And they're on lower PEs. Yeah. So I would absolutely sell this. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Metcash is a hold for Francesco, a buy if you wanted supermarkets. Mark, Mark's not interested in any of them, <laughs> but of the supermarkets, Metcash is better than Coles and Bullies. Um, Austin Engineering, uh, a no from Francesco and coming from a position of investor remorse, um, Mark says still no, in fact, it'd sell at these as yeah, well. Yeah. It hasn't improved at all. No. Um, uh, Chalice, a no from Boat. If you're looking at a, um, a speculative uh, mining stock or um, a similar one to this, Francesco, uh, thanks for Amelius as an option for you. Suncorp, a hold from Francesco, a no from Mark, and Reject Shop, an accumulate from Francesco. A sell from Mark Francesco Destratus from Orange. Good to see you, mate. Thank good you kindly. Also, yes. Mark Morlin, likewise from Team yep, Invest. Good to see you. Great to see you, Francesco. You too, mate. Been a while since we've been on together. It's been fun today. A lot of great information. Thank you both. Uh, if you'd like uh, us to cover any stocks for me to put them to our expert panel, uh, just go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us using the at TV handle. And if you've got any comments or questions surrounding your stock, put them in as well because uh, we really like that and uh, gives us something, another element to, uh, to talk about and make sure the answers really suit you and answer the question that you're after. Uh, stick around, The Pulse is next here on Auspice. <coughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.